We are the Late Night Party Boys, delivering podcast truths. Is that what we've been doing? I think so. Everyone's always about, like, delivering truths. I think we we pepper it with some falsehoods, too. We're not biased. All I do is pepper my work with falsehoods. <laughs> and And that's how you know we're giving it to you straight. You know, because we, we lie to you like everyone else. <laughs> we don't lie to you by saying we're telling the truth. We lie to you. By lying. By lying. By, by actually, just straight up telling straight up lies. Just so many lies. Some people say we manipulate. <laughs> Speaking of manipulation, we you're, you're pretty upset about Nathan Fielder and his, and his response on Twitter being touted as a master manipulator. I I think it's just the discourse on Twitter that's really pissing me off. It's just taking the fun out of things. Like, oh, we have to, like, overthink every fucking thing. Yeah, but isn't that what Twitter's for? Isn't that... Isn't Twitter just an outrage fucking machine? Get a job, tweeters. Get a job that isn't just writing for The Guardian or something. I mean, off some blog, but no that's why knows. I don't really tweet because I just don't get angry enough about things, and it feels like that's most of Twitter. It's a majority of Twitter. Yeah, it's just finding something and being outraged about it, and then making some snide comment and being like, "But isn't this a blah blah blah?" But don't I hold the right opinion on this? Yeah, it's very much like, "Look at my opinion; it's right." Retweet me, retweet me, retweet me, retweet me. And that just got me thinking, am I, does that make me a master manipulator? Because I got Chris Hansen to say Subway Subway causes pedophilia? Um, well, one, definitely no, because he got paid to say that. You did pay him via account. Oh, but these people on Nathan Fielder's show, they're getting paid. I mean, they're getting paid too. But they're not, like, in a position of power, I guess. That would be the argument. They, they well, just... What is power? What is dynamics? What is this, you know... It's very... Yeah. You start pulling the thread on this, everything's exploitation. Reality um, TV is all exploitation. I mean, all reality TV is exploitation. No one, goes, no one goes on this discourse about The Bachelor. Um, didn't someone... Was it The Bachelor or... Big Brother or one of them tried to sue the... TV company about because their image was manipulated and they were a villain. I'm sure it, like that happened. Hasn't there been so much reality TV at this point? Don't you know? I mean, you know. I mean, yeah. If it was the first season of like the first reality TV show ever, and you're like, oh, they're just going to show how much of a great person I am. 
and then maybe they'd have an argument. But like we've had like we've had generations raised on shitty television. Now they should know. They should know better. I don't know. So does this does this make it all better if like we find that the targets deserving? Like Sasha Baron Cohen, like it's okay what they did to Rudy Giuliani because Rudy Giuliani is bad, so that's okay what he did. Yeah, all the people. I mean, didn't Chris, he? I mean, also he. I mean, he did. Put, he he seemed like he fucking, you know, just willing to fuck a fifteen-year-old. Yeah, he seemed like he like gave enough of the noose to hang himself there. Like, I mean, like it was an interview, right? With the, uh, it was uh, staged to be underage, right? Yeah, she was, like, actually 22, but her character was, like, 15 or something. Yeah, and then he, like, took his pants off in a hotel room. He put his hand down his pants. Yeah. Look, no one made him do that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna say no one made him do that. Hey, they manipulated him, clearly. They just put him in a... And in that's a, wrong. All they did was put him in a situation where he could do that, and then he did it. <laughs> no, no one has the choice to do anything. The TV people and the film people, they have all the power. They're master manipulators, don't you see? The TV made me do it. Like, yeah. I, I just don't think that's a real excuse. I think people are themselves most of the time. Like, some, sure, they ham it up for the cameras, but... I mean, in Nathan Fielder's stuff, like, once again, he's just putting them in a situation where they can... do what they... I mean, it's their fault for not thinking. Like, in that third episode where exactly the same thing that happens to his problem that he has is manufactured to happen to him. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> You've agreed. Also, unlike a lot of reality TV, Nathan Fielder lays it all out there saying, yeah, this is a lot of manipulation. There's a lot of editing around. How much of this is fake and how much of it is not? Yeah. Do you think these people... The thing what baffles me is if you're if someone comes up to you, I mean, I assume he gets he casts everyone off Craigslist because he's got that running joke in every single one of his shows. I went to Craigslist and posted an ad looking for someone to do blah blah blah. Uh, I feel like that's where most of his casting comes from. And if you're answering a casting call from Craigslist, like, honestly, out of all the scenarios that could happen to you, this is probably the best one. <laughs> like, just being manipulated to look dumb on, like, a HBO series. That's probably the best outcome of a Craigslist casting. Like, you're not on Pornhub. You're not on Casting Couch, you know? And for answering a Craigslist ad, that, that's pretty good. I don't know. Is that unreasonable? I don't think it's unreasonable. I mean, I if, think it's fine. if I take an acting role of Craigslist. I'm expecting to be fucked in one way or another. Or if you take an acting role from me, you might be going all the way to Trenside Park to take your shirt off and play with your nipples a bit. And say that you're Richard Kingsville. Was that manipulation? No, of course not. I was very upfront that it's a comedy yeah, you, you, you told him, and he, was, and he was like kind of British, right? And he was like, I don't get it, but no one got Monty Python back in the day either. I'll rub my nipples for you, Mr. Purdy. Well, the guy who played the general really didn't get what he was doing. I mean... And sure, part of the humour of it is that I've clearly put someone out of their depth and made them read my nonsense. 
Is that exploitation and manipulation? It's funny, though. I mean, the fact that people do these things for money... I mean, the whole system's geared towards exploitation, I guess. But also, you also... I mean, an acting gig's an acting gig, you know? You're not upfront about it, you know? Yeah. I mean... I mean, yeah, like, look, I don't think these people can get upset at what befell them. I didn't even think it was that bad. Like, a couple of them come off as dicks or, like, self-absorbed or kind of, like... Insane people. Yeah, insane, but everyone's insane. I think that's the beauty of, like, a lot of Nathan's Fields' stuff. Like, he really... I feel like he doesn't even manipulate them that much. He oh, just kind of a... guides them with questioning to reveal their true insanity. That's pretty much what all the people on his side are saying that I agree with. His bigger manipulation tactic, quote-unquote, is just not saying anything. Saying, and, yeah, and... Yeah. And getting him to talk more. Yeah, he kind of just guides them to reveal their own insanity, really. Like... And look, even... Even that, like... Yeah, that in the, that second episode where uh, that woman wants to experience all the things of motherhood all at once on her terms, in her way, to see if she's prepared, that's insane. Like, the whole thing's insane. I mean, like, she they, agreed to be, they agreed to be high insane. stakes rehearsal thing. Of course it turns out she thinks Google's controlled by the devil. <laughs> and that's why they're blocking the truth about Halloween's satanic <laughs> origins. Yeah. I mean, who wants... I mean, first of all, her whole concept of raising a child seemed insane. Like, it's like, it's like we're going to source our own food, we're going to live on a farm. Like, she's lived in the city her whole life, and she thinks she's going to live this farmyard fairy tale and have this perfect life. And I'm like, that's pretty crazy to begin with, right? That's, that's like, you need a reality check kind of stuff. I think people are just can't handle the reality of it. Regular people are kind of insane and fucked in the head. Yeah. And I think it's okay to laugh at that. I think that's perfectly fine to laugh at. I mean, everyone's crazy in their own way, right? I mean, Nathan Field is just very good at finding what way they're crazy and just allowing us to laugh at it. You know? Is that a crime? It is according to Twitter where nothing can be. Everything's a crime on Twitter. Everything has, well, everything has to be nice, but in a weird nice? way that doesn't really exist. Nice? Twitter's like the meanest fucking place I've ever and seen. That's the paradox. <laughs> and that's the paradox. And that's the hypocrisy. Like, like people just, like, it's the home of the anonymous hate troll, right? It's the home of the egg picture that's that's saying racist shit to The everyone. anime avatar. Yeah. Hating female Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's the home of that. Well, on the other side, there's like these people who are like... Everything needs to be like a liberal arts college. I mean, there's that too. Right? Both sides are bad. I'm a genius for pointing this out. Now, how give, serious give this am man I? a TV show. How serious am I? How sincere am I? Um, That's what I've been doing my entire comedy career. You're, like, somewhat sincere. Like, you definitely 
agree with more of the left pe- left leaning people, but also like I think you just get sick of hearing the rhetoric and you get bored and then you just want to fuck with them as well. That's most of your comedy. <laughs> you just get bored of hearing the same thing, so you play devil's advocate. But then you also just do it in such a way that everyone just ends up confused. Which I think is the only way you can do <laughs> satire these days. It's a, it's a good way to do it. I think a lot of the time people just think they should just look into a camera, state this and see if it's... No, you tie people up in such a moral knot <laughs> that some of them feel like they should be offended by it, but it's so insane and stupid. <laughs> that no one could possibly be. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad way of doing it. Um, yeah, that, that, that show... Um, yeah, it, it is crazy he's getting called out for being a manipulator, but when, like, reality TV shows literally have writers that feed their participants' lines through an earpiece, and it's reality because they don't have to say it, they can choose to say it. I had a friend who worked on, like, the Jersey Shore in America, and he's just like, yeah, we have writers. They feed them lines. How is, how is that not called out as being manipulative? You're trying to just, I mean, like, they're trying to just make interesting, I mean, boring people interesting. I think the beauty of Nathan Fielder is he doesn't feed them lines. He just guides them, once again, to their own insanity. They don't got to be in a hot tub lubed up. No. Somehow what he does is more confronting. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just, we're seeing the reality, quote-unquote. Well, we're seeing, yeah, yeah, we're just seeing regular, that, that's, what he's doing is actually reality TV, even though it's more manipulated than anything, because it's like just regular people with weird problems that are really personal to themselves that no one else really cares about, (laughs) but uh, that he puts so much importance to and blows it up that he just like brings out the truth of the insanity of that belief, you know? And there's an artistry to that. I think people are just upset that they've seen art, Ross. We all know people don't like art these days. Art is meant to confront and challenge. Dot, dot, dot. I like that. A wise man once said that. A wise man once wrote. A wise man who was very good at revealing, like, reviewing real estate once wrote that. Tom Burden, we know you're listening. We love your work. Bamboozling deluge of non sequiturs. I finally read that short review. Oh, which other? Oh, oh, which one? The one from oh. Comedy Fest? Yeah. Yeah. And? I mean, he almost gets it, but then doesn't get it at all. <laughs> He's like, he almost reaches a satirical point, but then there's a bamboozling deluge of non sequiturs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. A lot of my work, if I can stroke my chin for a little bit, I wonder if it's also just making fun of the idea of making a point. That's fair. So of course I can sort of seem like I'm making a point, but then undercut it with nonsense. Hmm. Uh, Aggressively impenetrable anti-comedy, he says. Aggressively? Uh, Shouty brain dump. Oh, 
nonsensical wordplay. I just remember the buzzwords. Yeah, that's fair. Fair, fair. I mean, he savaged a lot of artists that year. Yeah, he was not a friend to the Melbourne comedy scene. I feel like, I mean, I told you how that manager... Tripped him. Yeah, tripped him at a show. Because he thought he was protecting his artists from bad reviews. Just tripped this reviewer. It's pretty funny, though. It is funny, but also just like, dude. I wonder if Nathan Fielder manipulated him to do that. Maybe. He's the fucking puppet master. Yes. Who knows what his hands are in? Hey, uh, so, um, Sky gave you a bad review. Is there something, like, you want to do about that, maybe? Yeah, I kind of want to trip him. You going to trip him? Let's rehearse every potential <laughs> outcome of this tripping. I've made a replica of the road where he walks every day. Got an actor that looks exactly like him. <laughs> I've got a dog that will be used to distract him. It's his favorite breed. That will give you a 10 second window to trip him, where it will be untraceable back to you. That'll be an interesting episode of a rehearsal. Yeah, because everything's kind of just like... Actually, the tasks people have asked so far in the show are pretty wholesome, right? It's like telling the truth, wanting to reconnect with a brother, wanting to, like, raise a child. They're all, like, kind of really genuine, nice human things to do. Not well, vengeance. Yeah, not really revenge. And apart from the raising the kid... Mm. They're all very low stakes. Yeah, I guess that's why it's funny as well, because, like, it's so much... Placing so much importance on something that... Yeah. I mean, how can people get upset at that? I don't understand it. I mean, I mean, people find a way... People find ways to get upset about all sorts of things. But, I mean, like... It's just upsetting when it's comedy. Granted, it did pop up some Nathan for You clips that I'd forgotten about. Yeah. And maybe, like, I saw the clip of that old, like, gas station guy talking about drinking his grandson's pee again. What? I told you, did I tell you about, have you met someone who's drank their own pee before? <laughs> have you? No, I have not. Yeah, I've met several. I don't know what kind of vibe I'm giving off. People feel real comfortable to tell me that they drink their own urine. Well, this guy doesn't drink his own urine. He drinks his grandson's urine. Okay, that's even... That's even <laughs> And weirder. it could be any, anyone under five. Is that what he said? Yeah, he's like... He has an accent, too. So, my grandmother told me, drink grandson's pee. Or it could be any five-year-old, as long as they're under five. After five, it's no good. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? It's like the only time Nathan's broken character, it seems like. It's the most where he's like, I what the fuck, you drink your grandson's pee? Yeah, I gotta watch that. I had, yeah, I had a few clips pop up as well that I was like having a good laugh at, reminding me of that that brilliance. Um, the, the one where he, he makes dumb Starbucks as a parody restaurant to try to save his coffee shop. He tries to get a... He gets his lawyer to, lawyer to sign a release form for the filming. And then he's like, also in that release form, it said, you would accept all legal liability if Starbucks sues us. And he's like, I don't agree to that. 
I definitely don't agree to that. Give me that contract. And then, and then he's like, let me see that. And then he sees the clause and he's like, I'm not giving this back to you. <laughs> he's like, but you signed it. <laughs> he's like, can you, all right, so we, we won't give you legal liability, but can you at least like just show it to the camera so we can see that it's in there? That he tries to like steal snatch, it, snatch it off. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> it's just so funny. And he's like, "What kind of lawyer doesn't read what he's signing?" Ooh, ooh. And he makes a joke about it. And then he's like, "But you're a lawyer. You're meant to read everything." And he's like, "That's not funny. I don't know if you're trying to rile me up or not, but stop that." <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he just knows how to rob, rob, rob people the wrong way. Um, I mean, humorless people who take things very seriously. It's just funny. It is. It just is funny. But yeah, this, uh, the urine thing. I was on a film set. And this guy who was meant to be, we had like a meet and greet. I was like the lead of this indie film. And this guy was meant to play my brother. And I'd like met this guy for all of like 10 minutes. And he goes, just leans over to me. And he's like, hey man, I don't really tell many people this, but you've got a really good energy. Uh, I actually drink my own urine. You seem like you'd be the most accepting of this. Yeah. Just seeing everyone else and they're like, well, they seem like they would say I'm an insane person. Yeah. Anyway. Seems so, like you wouldn't question it. Yeah, seems like this guy's pretty open-minded and non-judgmental. And then, and then, then I said to him, because I was like so taken aback, I didn't really know how to respond. I was just like, nah, man, I saw you. And like from the moment I saw you, I'm like, this guy definitely drinks his own urine. He's like, really? And I'm like, no, not really. I don't really think that about anyone. But, no, that's fine. You do you. And he's like, yeah, I do do me, and my skin's never been better. You see, if only you had a camera, then you can film this interaction. But then they'd say I'm a master manipulator. Because well, I had clearly, a conversation. Clearly, he probably had some mental illness. Oh, he definitely did. It was actually really upsetting. Yeah, he, That's another thing, all right? What are you going to yeah. do? You're like, well, you're going to hide the fact that mentally ill people exist or something. Yeah. I mean, these people, they agree to be on a TV show. You can't police who can consent and who can't consent to these things. Otherwise, you deprive them of their choice and their humanity. There's a guy. I think you've heard of him. Yeah. His name's God. Uh, he gave us free will. Yeah. I'm listening. And part of that free will is that we can make bad decisions as well as good ones. Yeah. And not, we live at those choices. Not everyone needs to make good decisions all the time. Sometimes our bad decisions lead to people laughing at us. Yeah. And that's ultimately a good thing. Plus, bad decisions make for good stories. You don't want everyone making good decisions all the time. Please, you. What a boring world. Can you imagine if everyone exercised, ate right, had a respectable job and paid taxes can you imagine that Ross you don't pay your taxes I'm three years behind I was three years behind but now I'm <laughs> caught up baby four years ahead yeah. I've just declared I'm gonna earn nothing as an artist for the next four years just save the tax office a bunch of time I'm just hoping Nathan Filder can just manipulate me. <laughs> yeah. Into getting some, some fame and clout. Okay. It just pisses me off as someone who does who wants to do reality-based alternative comedy. 
yeah. this discourse. I think that's why that's gotten to me more than anything. Yeah. I mean, like, when you do your Vox Pops, you kind of, like, I mean, you, you kind of bamboozle people with what you say. But then you also, like, have that character that kind of draws out their absurdity as well. In a more intense way than Nathan Fielder, obviously. I haven't drawn out anything super ridiculous just yet. Yeah. But you got to walk before you run. Hmm. Nathan Fielder didn't start off the way he was. Wise, wise, wise. He walked before, and now he's running. And that's the same thing, you know, I'm building that up. I'm building up that sort of... Can you imagine if, like, up in the sky, God is really just Nathan Fielder? Probably is. I mean, this is just this whole sitting world. in front of TV, bunch of TV monitors, awkwardly talking to his staff. Rehearsal. It's all well to rehearsal for the afterlife. Mm, that's deep. Is that how the show's going to end? Maybe. Nah, probably not. I feel like the whole thing's going to end up being like the show was a rehearsal for Nathan for the next for, season for dealing for, <laughs> for dealing with his divorce. Oh. Interesting. Because he went through a divorce in real life. Okay. And he alluded it in the first episode. Hmm. Well, he does have a lot of, like, pathos woven in through it. Where, I mean, first of all, when I realized he, you know, he stayed in that hotel with cats, and I'm like, yeah, he's 100% a cat person. One on friggin' percent a cat person. That makes sense. And then wanting that familiarity and... Taking that bar across the country. <laughs> Dude, that bar. Oh my god. They did such a good job. Well, they spent so much money on that, obviously. So it's like, yeah. HBO was like... You've got to use this in more than one episode. You've got to. <laughs> to make it worth your while, you've got to use this more than pilot. <laughs> well, just having meetings there. <laughs> just like... Just wanting to drink. Just a cost-saving measure, too. Because that was such in the black, filming that pilot. Yeah. Dear Lord, I wonder how much, how much would they get, how much funding would, like, a HBO show would get some funding. HBO. That's cash money. They've got a bit of money on their side. Yeah. And also, they, um, they're very selective where they give that money to. Hmm. Because they, um, they're usually very good at picking good projects. Yeah. Well, that was like, you know, they've got that Game of Thrones money coming in like crazy, right? Mm. They've got like three spinoffs now. House of the Dragons coming. What else is like a big HBO success lately? <sighs> I was just trying to think. They did something in between there. They had something they got some shows that, you know, I don't know how successful, they're not big gangbusters, but they seem to be doing okay enough. That White Lotus show gets talked about. White Lotus, what's that about? Rich white people in the resort. Oh, yeah, they do Westworld as well, right? Westworld. Yeah. Have you, Succession have you, does kind of okay. Have you... Oh, Barry. Barry's one of theirs too. Barry's another That's one. good. Yeah. Have you, have you watched a lot of Westworld? I haven't watched any Westworld. Yeah, fair enough. So, what is that? That's almost like the rehearsal. But not <laughs> no real. one's cancelling it. No one's... I mean, the whole thing it's, is... It's, it's, like, a ro- it's a robot world yeah, or something. Yeah, it's, dist- it's like the, the concept of it... I've only watched the first two seasons. The first one was pretty brilliant. The second one was kind of like... Nah. I haven't watched it since. 
but I, I should, I wouldn't mind watching the rest. I don't know. I just kind of like, you know, it's like the, you know, the second season of something great always kind of falls a little bit short. And then I guess you got to give it a chance in the third to recapture. Basically, it's like this Western world, it's like all robots and artificial or semi-artificially intelligent, like robots. And people go there on like a holiday just to fuck up and be horrible. They're like, you know, they molest these human robots and shoot people and live out their Wild West fantasies, basically. Things you can't do in the real world. And every time the robots get reset, and then some of them, like, grow more self-aware, and, you know, then there's a whole, like, ethical thing about do Mm. they feel, or are these real memories, or is this just all fucked up? And, yeah, so that's the kind of way, way it goes, you know? And then they, you know, the, the whole thing. I think the second in the second season, robots get into the like the fucking factory where they're made, and they come a bit self-aware, and you know, it becomes more messed up. That's all I can remember. But interesting concept. But uh, yeah, it's that sort of thing. And they have like different storylines, and it's kind of like uh, the rehearsal. Everything's pre-planned, and they've got contingencies of yeah. everything where it goes wrong. What's, what's the ethics? Yeah, it's very Truman Show. Yeah. Well, there's heaps of things that are like... I like that. I like that concept. The Matrix as well, you know, everything's yeah. programmed. You know, I think people... You know what? I think people... I mean, these people agreed to be in the rehearsal, right? Because a rehearsal gives them some kind of comfort at the end of the day. That's why people love these shows, man. They like to think there's some order in the world. That there is a fucking master puppeteer pulling the strings. That's why people like conspiracy theories. People like to think there's some kind of order by some all-powerful organization that has a underground pedophile ring. You it's know, like if that's what it takes. They're comforted by their discomfort. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's, it's comforting. To think they're powerless because everything's being controlled and it's not their fault. They're, they're crap. <laughs> there's a reason why this bad stuff happens and they know why it happens. Yeah. It's not my fault. It's the pizza pedophiles that run the world. It's Epstein's island. It's that island, that gross island. That's gross why. island where Matt Groening got the foot rubs. <laughs> you know so much about this island. I wonder if Seth MacFarlane afterwards... Did he go as well? ...try to get a foot rub. Oh. Like a bad foot rub. Oh, just because he wanted to be like Matt Groening? Yeah, that didn't quite land, but yeah, the, the whole idea of he's just copying Matt Greening and everything he does, but not as well. Yeah. Bell's the joke. Bell's going to Did, he, did, he, get, I, did I, he get invited to Epstein's Island? He's probably upset he didn't now. Well, he did famously miss a flight. Oh, was it to that island? <laughs> Maybe. No, it's fam- he famously missed a 9-11 flight. Oh, really? Because he was hung over, so he slept. He never slept. Wow. So thanks a lot. <laughs> they now, didn't wait for Cedric File, and now we have to deal with Ted 2. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a Ted 3 in the works at this stage. There's a Ted TV show in the works. Oh, really? Yeah. Or Peacock. Yeah, he's done. He's doing great. I mean, I do like I did like Family Guy for a while, 
And then it just became too formulaic for my liking. I haven't watched the Galaxy one. What's that one? Orville. Be Orville. Is yeah. it good? Um, it's not really my bag. Some people, it's just weirdly, the ones I saw, it was just weird tonally. It's, oh, really? it's like he wants to do Star Trek within the networks, like, you're known for comedy, Seth. That's some more comedy, so he had some comedy, but it feels begrudging and oh. doesn't fit in with the other stuff. Is it kind of just in between the both of them? doesn't quite work. Yeah. Apparently he does away with most of the humour as it goes on, and there's some sections of Star Trek fans who think it's a better Star Trek show than the actual ones they've made lately. So really? That, that, so that doesn't really interest me. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a big sci-fi man, aren't you? You don't really like a lot of sci-fi stuff. You're not really into Star Wars or... I'm not into Star Wars. I'm not into Star Trek. Star Trek. None of the Star star things. Not Battlestar. Not a Battlestar guy, no. No. Not a... I've run out of Star things. Star Search. I love talent shows. You love talent shows? No, I don't love talent shows. I used to love fucking talent shows, but only for the audition stage. Well. That's just me being sadistic, though. Well, is bad exploitation and manipulation. 100% it is. 100%. Have we just gotten to the fact that a lot of television is on the back of exploitation and manipulation? I mean, that's why I turn on the TV. To see some poor schmuck getting manipulated. Someone who isn't me get exploited. Yeah, by. see, I'm not that dumb. Look at this guy. That's why I turn on the TV. I didn't crash my Scion TC at 100 names <laughs> per hour. That was all that Funniest Home Videos ever was. It was like, this dumb fuck can't stand. This idiot got hit in the nuts. He can't stand properly. Look at him stack it. On Look at that skateboard. dog chew on his ball sack. <laughs> and then jackass. It's like that was just that was just funniest home videos, just scripted and even more manipulated. It's that, just like Bob Saget and just Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. And then Johnny Knoxville does it to himself. Yeah, and you just cut out the middle middleman. Just cut out the middleman. If Bob Saget gave himself a concussion <laughs> live on air and died on air, instead of just giving himself a concussion and dying at a motel. People would love that. That's Fine. so dark. That's <laughs> so Is it dark or dark. Is, is life just dark? And I'm just trying to make it through the day for just trying to strip away some of the power. The power? The power that horribleness can have over us. Is that how he really died? Just hit his head. He had a concussion, apparently. They found he was he had some blow to the head. Blow 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 to blow, the head? Uh, some blow to the head. Apparently he had a concussion and he fell asleep and that's how he died. Oh wow, it's so anticlimactic. It was everyone thought. Everyone thought it was a choking tug. <laughs> choking tug. Everyone always Snippy, thinks some sniff. Accident, yeah, some drugs. Too much. But no. Well, that's concussion. Sad. He felt he, he did a he sleepy after concussion. I mean, I mean that's a peaceful way to go. Almost too peaceful. Maybe it was staged. I think Nathan Fielder was a master. I think Nathan Fielder did this. Constructed a real motel. Had Bob Saget <laughs> rehearse his death. Had a banana peel put next to the bed in the perfect situation where he knew he would slip. And he slipped. Nathan Fielder is God. If you're not praying to him now, you should be. He sees everything. Our Jewish God. 
I mean, my God, he's a Jewish God, Ross. So it's Nathan Fielder. Yeah, it's Nathan Fielder. When we say Baruch Hashem, we're talking about Nathan Fielder. Yeah, in all our sense. prayers. Makes sense. Um, in all our comedy prayers, we are praying to the one true God, Nathan Fielder. He sees all. He knows all. He's rehearsed every outcome. With a HBO budget. Yeah, with a HBO budget, you could probably get close to rehearsing most outcomes, I'd imagine. Righteous Gemstones, that's another HBO show. Oh yeah, they're doing well. Yeah. We've learnt a lot today. We've learnt who the one true God is. What HBO is doing. And the nature, the very nature of capitalism and exploitation. Think about that when you go to bed. It runs through everything. Before you pray to the one true God. And if you go to bed, don't have a concussion. Don't slip. Check, check around your bed for anything slippy. Alright? Make sure your shower isn't slippy. Make sure your floor is not hardwood, because that can get slippy when wet. Just don't slip. We constructed a replica of your bedroom, and you could rehearse going to bed not slipping on something. We have a studio in Brunswick where you can come and rehearse not slipping. Okay, we have a whole range of scenarios. We have uh, sandals, we have closed-toe shoes, we have, we have slippers, which have got a lot of grip on them despite the name. Um, they are not for slipping. It's more you slip them on. You will not slip in the slippers. Uh, we have Crocs. They're actually very slippy. We do not recommend wearing the Crocs. Everything else, we can rehearse over and over again. You're getting into bed, getting out of bed, shower, bed, combo, uh, through the door, straight to bed, through the door, take your clothes off, fold them up, go to bed. Uh, take your, go in, don't fold your clothes up, throw them on the floor, go to bed, um, all the variations. So if you want to make sure that you, you do things right tonight, just hit up the late night party boys and we'll, we'll organize a rehearsal for you. If David Gilder tries to sue us, we got a rehearsal for that too. <laughs>